Welcome to Tech Talk with Vodacom. If there's one thing that the past year and a half proved, it's that our reliance on technology is only going to get stronger. In a matter of days post-lockdown, our smartphones became our hub for work, entertainment, documentation and more, making them even more indispensable to our daily lives. But what does the future of a smartphone technology hold? Today we're going to take a stab at a couple of predictions. My name is Drew and I'm joined by my co-host Taryn. Hi guys, today we're speaking to Nafisa Akabor, a South African tech journalist. She's actually written quite a bit for the Vodacom Now blog already, so we know that she is a strong voice in the, especially the, the, the tech devices um, area. And so we want to just chat to her today and just get to know a little bit more about what we can predict and what we can see coming on the technology landscape. Um, so to, Nafisa, how are you doing today? I'm good, thank you, Taryn and Drew. Thanks so much for having me on the Tech Talk. So, Nafisa, tell us a little bit about yourself today. Um, yeah, so I'm a freelance technology journalist. I've been doing this for more than 14 years, uh, but I actually did not study journalism. I wanted to study information technology, but my dad said it wasn't a career suitable for a Muslim woman. So I studied travel and tourism. I know it all sounds a bit how did I end up there? But my path led me to um, working for a travel website mm -hmm. and I taught myself HTML and learning more about the web. And then I began writing about tech in my spare time because that was my, where my passion lay. And this is what led me to my profession. I was nominated for an industry award and that's what led me to being offered a full-time job in what I do. And yeah, I've been doing it for 14 years. I do um, have other interests beyond tech, uh, uh, that's like just traveling, trying new restaurants, checking out fitness apps, and obviously electric cars. I'm sure you've picked that up. Um, yeah, so I also love checking out new gadgets, whether it's my profession or personal. It's just something I love doing. It sounds like a story of, uh, you know, you your passions will, <laughs> will almost pursue you <laughs> no matter what path you take. That's quite cool. And I think, um, you know, it speaks a lot about not just the fact that the, you do this, you know, as a job, but you do this because it's something you're passionate about. Um, and so let's pick your brain a little bit about what you see happening on the tech landscape right now. We know that, you know, the smartphone development is booming right now because, like we know, our phones are an extension of ourselves, especially during this lockdown period. And what are the big trends that you've seen, perhaps like unexpected trends that you've seen across this last while? So as we know, with lockdown and this COVID situation, everyone's working from home and it's a lot of integration between devices, personal and business. They're all sort of becoming one. But uh, regarding the, I think design-wise for, for smartphones, the, the hardware hasn't changed mu much, but I think it's more on the software side and the apps and what sort of features are now being introduced. And my favorite example of this is actually the Samsung DeX system. So we saw it evolve. The first time it came out, there was a docking station in 2017. And then I think they realized by 2018, it was a bit cumbersome. So they introduced a dongle. And then in, in 2019, they introduced DeX for PC. But in 2020, which was last year during the pandemic, they actually brought out wireless DeX. And I think that's so important because it directly addresses people using their devices, whether it's a Galaxy Tab or a Note or a S21 or whatever the case is, S20. And now you can use wireless DeX. So if you uh, got all your whole work, your, your work phone is where you do everything off. Mm -hmm. You can just wirelessly connect to uh, a Bluetooth keyboard or a, a, a monitor you have at home or wirelessly. You don't need that extra dongle. You don't need any devices. They really made it easy to connect to everything. A wireless mouse. If you're using a mouse on your laptop, 
you can now connect that to your phone. And it's so incredible to think that that's the possibility of a smartphone. And um, one of the other things I also noticed, uh, actually just with the iPhone 13 that was uh, introduced, the and iOS 15 that came out, the um, focus mode, I don't know whether either of you have seen it, but yeah. it's it's... Yeah, it's way better than do not disturb. It's more granular. And I think for somebody like me, when I'm working, I just by default put my phone on do not disturb because I can't have all those interruptions. So now I'm allowed to go into and tailor it even further to like driving, personal, sleep and work modes. And within each setting, I can choose who I want to allow me to call me during that time or who I, I, I don't want to say who I want to interrupt me, but who I'm working with. And they are the ones who can get direct access to me. I think that's so important because we all sit at home, we work, we order food from Mr. D because we're too busy or take a lot, whatever. Um, so you want those notifications when the guy is at your gate, but you don't want to be interrupted by your friend or whoever, or your yeah, family. Yeah. So yeah, it, it really um, makes life easier. It's something, I know it seems very minimal, but for me, it's such a big deal. I can now control myself better if I've got deadlines and I don't want to be interrupted. I can choose if someone's at my gate, then the gate calls can come through. So yeah, I think, the pandemic prioritized this kind of, of thing. And um, it's great to see big companies doing something about it. I must say, I, I just got the, the latest iOS and it's weird. I, I also super appreciate the the focus aspect. And I, after using it for a couple of days, I was like, why don't we, why didn't we have this before? It just makes total sense to be able to um, tailor make you know, the, the things that the notifications that you want coming through. And like you're saying, it's, it seems like something small, but it's actually really significant, particularly during your work day. Um, yeah. So I've also found it quite useful, surprisingly useful. I didn't realize yeah. how much I needed it. Um, especially when, you know, working from home and wanting to navigate your, your distractions. Yeah. yeah. That's why I think when I mentioned that the trends are very much around the software tweaking rather than mm -hmm. the hardware, because I mean, we know the hardware is hardware. Anyone can make good hardware, right? Mm -hmm, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and another thing I want to touch on, it's sort of smartphone-ish, and I think we can see with Vodacom that the pandemic and lockdown, it prioritized the rollout of 5G, and I'm sure the two of you may agree also, because yeah. I live in an area where uh, I see these big 5G towers, the Vodacom towers, and when I go into the Vodacom website to check uh, where the new towers are, they're not actually updated. I think the rollout is taking place much quicker and at speed because we're all sitting at home working. We all need data. And I think businesses, the easiest and quickest way to let their, their employees work from home is to buy them data bundles. So now, yeah, we're seeing that uh, there's more 5G, more access to 5G. It's sped it up. Imagine if we didn't have the pandemic. <laughs> I, I somehow think, I think even with the government giving a spectrum and stuff, I think they sort of pushed it because people at home and people need the access. So that's a great thing to come out of the pandemic. Definitely. I, I agree with you. I think it's kind of also just awoken up certain urgencies that have always been urgent, but people have just been lax because it hasn't been priority. Um, and access is priority, you know. Um, it's not just working from home, but kids doing schooling from home. Um, and so access to fast internet is no longer just a want, but in many cases a need. Yeah, and uh, for the uh, people listening in, 5G also is more than just speed. It's also allowing more devices to be connected to the same thing. Like there'll, there'll be less congestion. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, if you have a smart house full of devices and you've got a family full, everyone's connecting to something. So there's not going to be that, oh, it's all slow because everyone's on the network. So that's also a great thing. We've mentioned two sort of big innovations by both Apple and Samsung, who to the majority of people seem to be the, the major players in the in the in the world of cell phone technology um 
because the two big events of each year is the unboxing of the new Samsung or the new Apple. And I just wanted, I wonder from your perspective, who else is really kind of pushing the design envelope at the moment? What other names out there? I mean, you've got Huawei, which is very big in South Africa. Yeah. So actually Samsung is doing currently the most interesting, interesting thing in my opinion with their folding phones and the flip phone and the folding tablet. They, they, it's interesting to watch how they first started with the product for first generation and Unfortunately for them, it didn't go as expected. It failed before it launched. But it's so remarkable to witness the second gen and now the third gen and how they fixed and improved and also didn't give up on the tech. I mean, a few years ago, we all were just laughing at the thought, why would anyone want a folding screen? But now that we're on third generation and Samsung has shown us what they can do, it's so exciting. Every other smartphone looks the same. Mm. I mean, you line up a whole bunch. You can't tell them apart. Let's be real, right? (laughs) Mm. Yeah. But it show, yeah, it shows a lot of confidence in their their vision. I suppose they they really yes. believe in it, and that's why they're pushing it. And yeah, I mean the the new the two new flip phones that have just been released are, I mean, they're incredible just to look at, uh, let alone actually use. <laughs> I know. I don't know whether either of you had a chance to get your hands on them, but they're so exciting, just so cool. It's different. It's cool. You keep wanting to open and close it yeah. for no reason. You just want to use the phone because it's different. I actually um, went down to the Vodacom store just to check it out because I wanted to feel it and I wanted to play around with it a little bit. The fold for me is a little bit too bulky, I was saying to do, but the flip for me is so cool. I used to have, I think it was a Motorola Razor back in the day, yeah. like wow. a bright pink one. And um, it was just so fun. And I think, you know, I don't know if I'm giving my age away, but like when you watch the movie Clueless, like everybody wanted the flip phone, you know, because it just had this like cool sort of aspect to it. But the nostalgia around the, the this flip phone you know idea and design is so massive I think a lot bigger than what I thought it was going to be um people seem to be really loving it I don't know how practical it is though um yeah so when I posted a few teasers because Samsung uh, gave me a sneak peek ahead of the global event and when those videos went live it was incredible to see how many people were like oh my god I love this and oh it reminds me of like you said your Motorola Razor for everyone, it is that, and it it got them excited about a phone, and you never thought that would be possible, but that's what I think people are now holding onto these retro, older things, and if it's making a, a modern comeback, then people are interested. Like, I know I, I love retro tech, and if I see anything with a little retro design, I'm sold. I'm so, <laughs> like, it's because it reminds me of a different time in my life, and now there's a modern version, so I'm definitely mm. interested. So I think that's what these folding phones are doing for people, but I do agree with you also that the tablet is a bit too bulky, I wouldn't want to carry a folding tablet around, if I'm honest. I do want to put a phone in my pocket, though, and the Flip 3 allows me to do that. Isn't it crazy? Yeah, that that is pretty cool. And I'm, you know, there's also um, this movement to uh, phones being like easily carried around. I know that iPhone has come out with a range of minis. Um, which is also quite interesting that perhaps there's a bit of a trend of moving away from the bigger bulky to the more, you know, easily concealed phone in your pocket. Yeah. And it, yeah, I mean, it, it comes back to the idea of a, if it, like the, the tactile experience of actually wanting to use the phone. Uh, as a, apart from just the, the technology inside being interesting, the actual look and feel and touching and opening and holding it. It seems to be something that developers almost forgot for a bit. And it mm. looks like they're kind of, that's where the focus is with these flip phones. It's something that you actually want to play with as opposed to just press, yeah. but press the screen, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's why I think they're the most interesting things I've seen this year. But um, regarding, <clears throat> sorry, 
Regarding other people who are pushing the envelope, I actually think Xiaomi is worth mentioning because they're doing very interesting things with charging. Mm-hmm. Um, they showed off a 200 watt hypercharged technology, which is so amazing. It'll charge a phone to 100% in eight minutes. Wow. Now, we all, yeah, we <laughs> all know how long it takes to charge phones. And lately, we've been seeing uh, wire fast charging come out. But 200 watt hypercharge is just next level. And it's crazy to think you can charge your phone. You will be able to, in future, charge your phone in eight minutes. Um, they also interestingly came out with the Mi Air Charge. This was a few months ago. They showed a concept where you can remotely charge your devices without a cable within seven meters. That's just mind-blowing that to think is. about. Like also, we go so through so futuristic. many cables through our lives. Don't you think we go through so many charger cables? <laughs> we do, and that's not even considering the fact that your your dog may have chewed your cable or your kid may have broken it, you know? Totally. So, <laughs> so yeah, that for me is interesting. But um, another player who's unfortunately closed their mobile division, LG, They were the ones who I thought were really pushing the envelope before Samsung came out with folding. In the past, we saw the LG uh, G2. I don't know whether you remember, sorry, the G Flex. It was a self-healing display phone. It sounds like the Wolverine of phones, but mm-hmm. like, yeah, you scratch and apparently it, it heals. So that I thought was quite unique. And then they came out with the modular G5. You just pull out components and you edit and you swap out a battery and you put something else and yeah. you grip on um, a camera handle. I thought that was super cool. That was so out of the box that nobody else would be willing to take that risk. That's what it felt like. Wait, explain the self-healing thing again. How, what is what is so, that about? So apparently the glass, the display, if you, if you have a minor scratch, it says, don't worry, it'll self-heal. So I don't know what sort of tech they put in that, mm. but they said the scratches and stuff, don't worry about it, it'll be fine. So yeah, it was just, well, this was quite a while back. So, wow, um, <laughs> that's, that's pretty cool. Um And I think perhaps, you know, we underestimate people's interest in having interesting designs and devices that, like you were saying, that look and feel uh, more exciting than opposed to just what's inside. Um, mm. Maybe there is something to be considered there. Yeah, and I think in a world where it's full of content creators, they also love these kind of things because it was sort of pushed towards you can do two things at once kind of thing. So that was cool. I know you have quite a big interest in cars and automobiles and, and the tech involved in that. And I, I wonder what, what sort of interesting tech you've seen coming out with those two, those two industries. Yeah, the smart tech, uh, car thing. Over the years we've seen, I've been uh, following it because it's kind of new. So I've been fortunate because I'm in this field. I could follow it from the beginning where you now allowed uh, with Android Auto and uh, Apple CarPlay, you're allowed to use your smartphone seamlessly with an interface you're familiar with. It's sort of the car version of your operating system. And I think that's the best thing the two mobile operators uh, systems could have offered us. We all want, uh, we are driving, but we get phone calls, we get messages. And because, as we spoke about our smartphones being seamlessly part of our lives now. So you want, when you're on the road, you want to be able to use it safely. So these things are very uh, important. So I think for anyone even considering buying a car, you, that should be like, you should make that a minimum requirement now because The last thing you want to do is get pulled over because you're talking on your phone with physically your phone on your ear when these systems allow you to just integrate it and you can do that wirelessly. So, yeah, I, I like seeing how that's evolving. Um, also, I want to bring out uh, a car, the new Volvo electric car, the Recharge X60, if I'm not mistaken, XC60. That car is the first car to natively run Google. And that's so interesting because the Google Maps is now built in. 
and Google Assistant. So you don't even have to need Android Auto and Apple CarPlay. That's the next level. The car already comes with Google as an operating system. So I think that's also could be an interesting thing to follow because this could be the same thing for other cars. You don't know whether Google is an open, uh, open source, open thing. So I'm pretty sure other manufacturers would be interested in bringing that. I haven't read the latest updates, but I think that's uh, a very interesting thing. Your car running like on uh, Android. <laughs> it's like driving, I was about to say, it's like driving an Android. But it's also <laughs> fascinating that yeah. essentially tech is there to assist us with our lives, right? So when we talk about smart tech for cars or even smart homes, um, what I found really interesting is that I think it's Land Rover Discovery that has a, so it's a wearable, it's a watch, so instead of, if you're going for a run, you can park your vehicle, get out of the car, leave the keys within the car, put the wearable on and go for your run. So yes. it safely lock, locks the car and you, you can, you know, it's, it's comfortable. Um, the thing so you're talking also, about is actually waterproof and you can go swimming. Sorry, that is fantastic. I, I didn't even know that. But I, I just found it so fascinating that it's also considering the lifestyle of the user. That's so much broader than just your experience within the vehicle. That's such a big thing because I recall when we were growing up and you go to the beach and you're like, where do you put your things or you want to bury your key in the yeah. sand kind of thing. So this actually uh, takes away all those little things, inconveniences that you, you didn't think about. So, yeah, I, I like how that's going, making it easier. I think we've now been so established with the phones and cars we use that manufacturers and they're all now trying to find ways to make life easier, mm-hmm. to make it seamlessly integrate and into our daily life. It shouldn't be an annoyance. It should just fit in. You should make the tech work for you. Do you think um, with everybody sort of um, creating these ecosystems within each each developer, do you think we're going to see less and less of people uh, trying out different, uh, different developers and different devices? And we're really going to start seeing that, you know, if you are, once you're with Apple, you're with Apple forever. Or do you think there's still still a space for that kind of experimenting between different phones and different developers and different tech? Based on my experience, I do believe if you're an Android person, you're an Android person. And if you're an iOS, we're on Android 12 and then iOS 15. That's so many years of operating system and people's lives, people's data. Everything is on the cloud. If you're using those services, your whole life is on it. I think it's a very difficult thing to decide now at this stage to switch to something different and new. That's why as much as we want more competition, I, I'm not interested personally in, in a, a whole new operating system right now mm. to my phone, if that makes sense. Mm. Mm. That definitely does, because it's like moving house. You know? <laughs> it's relocating, <laughs> yeah. you know. Um, but I, I, I find it so fascinating. There are people that are Android people and there are people that are iPhone people, and it's just kind of stuck that way. Um, yeah, I don't I don't necessarily know many people that have done the the move over. Um, but with, with regards to smart homes, I know that you, you review some really interesting things. What are the, some of the smart sort of, um, appliances that have really stood out for you during this last while of like, I know you've been testing out quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, working on our smart home is actually like a favorite hobby of mine. We uh, moved house recently about two months ago now. So our previous house had everything set up. It's a matter of starting from scratch. So yeah, I've been. Uh, I made all my smart house have smart light switches. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got Chromecast. My TV is all. I can control them all by voice now, and even my security cameras. They're all linked. So I do. Um, to start off with the smart home, um, you basically need a smart speaker. Mm-hmm. I have both the Google Home and the Amazon Echo. Those are my two uh, favorite ones. As much as I love iOS and Apple, 
Um, their smart speaker has not appealed to me. I know there's more limitations with it, so I'm not even going to bother going down that road. <laughs> yeah. But I like how open Google and Amazon are with their stuff. It basically talks to any and every appliance. So oh, lately I've been testing a bunch of things that also links up to it. Like I had a robot vacuum cleaner, the iRobot, that I managed to link to the Google and I just said, hey, Google, start vacuuming. And it would actually start vacuuming. <laughs> so I'm having so much fun doing things like that. And then I was testing a smart toothbrush that's connected to a phone and it tells me which areas I was uh, I didn't brush properly and which areas to focus on and it that graded my brushing of my teeth. Yeah, that seems like futuristic, but yeah, it's all there. And then I had an electric scooter I was playing with, which paired to my phone. Um, I'm having fun looking and testing for new smart things. I've got some smart Wi-Fi plugs I, I'm testing, LED light strips, and these are all like voice controlled. It's It's crazy to think how everything can now be integrated just on a smart speaker. I think uh, when I think of also smart home, you know, it definitely sounds futuristic, but it's it's totally here. But um, I've also realized that it allows for accessibility. We live in a world that's geared for like a fully able person. Um, but if we think about people that are that are you know differently abled, like smart technology actually allows for a type of lifestyle and independence that not everybody's always you know gonna gonna be afforded. Um, and I, I also think so. It's it's fantastic that it also opens up in terms of just diversity and opportunity for people to to live more independently and safely. Um, yeah, I think it's fantastic that you can like do most things almost voice operated. That's kind mm. of like, yeah, that's definitely feels like a movie. No, that's an interesting thing you brought because Apple is known for being inclusive, and uh, a lot of people who are who have some issues with accessibility the features are great you have things being read out to you someone's calling you it says this person's calling you and if you touch a button it tells you what you're pressing so i think those are incredible and so important um and yeah so that's always quite a a fantastic thing to be open and inclusive um and you know that's the power of tech as well um so over the years we know that you've obviously probably had a phone since very young (laughs) (laughs) with the, the tech junkie that you are what has been like your favorite phone over the years yeah because we we've had feature phones and we've had smartphones so it's very tricky i'm gonna have to mention a few (laughs) (laughs) go for it my very first favorite feature phone was the nokia 3210 i know everyone loves the 3310 but i loved the 3210 i think mainly because i'm a fan of the boxy square like design so that appealed to me and also the nokia n82 i know i'm talking about such old phones and (laughs) you probably can't visualize it but it was like super fast for its time. And I actually think when I started my career in 2007, that was one of the first official reviews I did with the Nokia N82. Um, yeah, so for me, I've been a Nokia girl growing up. But uh, the iPhone 4S was my also my favorite smartphone. I think, like I mentioned, the boxy design, it mm. has the same thing. So I think I, I kind of like the, the clean lines and the symmetry, that kind of thing. And it also was the perfect phone to put in your hand. And what are your favorite apps? What are your, give us your top three. I know you probably have like 20 of your favorite. <laughs> yeah. Um, so my, the Google Home app, because obviously I'm all into my smart home, it's on my home screen. It's something I can easily access because I can control all my lights and that kind of thing, the vacuum cleaner and whatnot. It just gives me quick access. Sometimes, you know, when you're forgetful and you probably ran to the shop and you're like, oh, did I switch this light off and on? So you can actually check no matter where you are in the world, not just at the shops. So I do like the Google Home. Uh, I love my banking app. I, I hope I don't sound boring, but it, it allows me to do so much without never having to go into a branch 
paying someone, I can do it in seconds. I, before I wake up and brush my teeth, I can do my banking. And then the last app, I'm going to say Twitter because it's what connects me to the world and my news and what I do as a profession. And it's keeping abreast of the breaking news and that kind of thing. So, yeah. I know we've just had like the big, the, the latest uh, iPhone announcement. Um, Samsung recently released their, their flip phones. Is there something that you're looking forward to in the future? Something that you, you've seen you definitely want in terms of cell phones? Like which one of these has really captured your imagination the most? I feel like it's so difficult to choose. Uh, I'm reviewing the, the Z Flip 3 and I don't want to give it back. I feel like I want to own it, but I also want the <laughs> iPhone 13 because I'm an iPhone fan. <laughs> it's so tricky. Like these phones are so good. They're just making really good phones. Yeah, I'm stunned. I can't choose between the two, but um, for future what's coming up, it's actually going to be a very interesting time next year to see what's coming and how uh, maybe they had some lead time during the pandemic to focus on design and you know make major changes mm-hmm. um i would just want to be surprised maybe we'll see more folding screens this is tech talk with vodacom changing tech made simple visit vodacom now for more about the world of tech and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast